1: 77 W.A.B.C.
3: And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The weekend is upon us as we are expecting a powerful winter storm that could dump a lot of snow on the Big Apple. We are taking your telephone calls This entire hour, a sea of blue as thousands of police officers were at St. Patrick's Cathedral for the final goodbye to police officer Jason Rivera. The widow of the slain NYPD officer blasting Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg in her husband's eulogy. As she described the gut-wrenching moment, she found out he had been killed. Will the tide start to turn to law and order? It has to. It must. 800-848-WABC. 848 9222 So if you listen to this show regularly, you know I always, always try to always, always, always stay positive. I constantly say the glass is always half full rather than half empty and to live each day like it's your last And those thoughts went through my mind as I watched the widow of Officer Rivera. Her first name is Dominique, and she recounted, and I'm going to play for you right now an extended version. It's important that we hear what was coming from her heart discussing her husband. She recounted on last Friday that the day started between officer Rivera and his wife herself with a minor argument and following the argument, she said she called an Uber because she didn't want to continue to argue so in other words, some space from her husband, a little bit of space. And she said Officer Rivera said to her, Are you sure you don't want me to drive you? This could be the last time that you see me. And sure enough, it was. I want you to listen to an extended version here of what his widow Dominique what she had to say at St. Patrick's Cathedral.
4: We had an argument. You know, it's hard to be in a cop life sometimes. It's hard being patient when plans were canceled or we would go days without seeing each other or when you had to write a report that would take forever because you had to voucher so many things. So you did OT. Or when you had a bad day at work because an EDP drove you nuts. But you always reminded me that it was going to be all right. We were going to get through it. This Friday, we were arguing because I didn't want you to use your job phone while we were together. You were so mad that you took LeBron jersey down. gave me your chain, and put the lotions I gave you for your ashy hands in the bag, and said, here, take them. We left your apartment, and because I didn't want to continue to argue, I ordered an Uber. You asked me if you are sure that you don't want me to take you home, it might be the last ride i give you. <laughs> I said no, and that was probably the biggest mistake I ever made. <laughs> Later that day, I received the call I wish none of you that are sitting here with me will ever receive. I had gotten a notification from the Citizen app, which was my central. And I saw that two police officers were shot in Harlem. My heart dropped. I immediately texted you and asked you, are you okay? Please tell me you're okay. I know that you're mad right now, but... Just text me. You're okay. At least tell me you're busy. I get no response. We used to share locations on find my iPhone, and when I check yours, I see that you're at Harlem Hospital. I thought maybe you were sitting on a perp, but still, nothing. I called and then called again. And then call one more time. And this time, I felt something wasn't right.
3: And, of course, something was not right with her husband. Officer Rivera's wife, Dominique, she then turned to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Okay, we're, we're having a problem uh, uh, getting that sound bite. We will um, get to that in a little bit. Uh, but what we're going to do right now is we're going to take your telephone calls. Let's start with uh, Kevin in New Jersey. Good morning, Kevin, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show.
5: Oh, good morning. Yeah, hi. Yeah, we've got a lot of problems over here in the city. We're producing criminals by the bucket. There's something in our society that's producing these criminals, and uh, that's uh, not letting off the hook these judges that are uh, in turn releasing them anyway, but we've got so many problems in every which way anyway. We're seeing the destruction of this American society, and all from the left, all from the Democrats. Every policy they are producing is destroying this society. We have to be uh, really considering all, uh, drastic uh, changes in our policy.
3: Well, y- you know, Kevin, um I- Part of it may be the responsibility of the judges, but, but their hands are tied in terms of the state law. And it's got to start out of uh, – in New Jersey, it's uh, from Trenton. But in New York, it's got to start in Albany. And this week, the top leaders in Albany have already said they have no intention of changing the uh, bail reform laws. And so until well, that happens, we have nothing.
5: Yeah. Well, we we've got to demonstrate in front of that uh, that public uh, venue of uh, the, the governor's uh, mansion, et cetera. Okay, these people have to be demonstrated against anyway. The American uh, people—they're we're too passive.
3: But I as, well, as I people. agree with that. I agree with you on that. Maybe if they saw weekly a few thousand people outside yes, their district offices, outside their homes, inconvenienced on their weekends then maybe Absolutely. they would understand how inconvenienced we yeah. are. And yeah, so we've got to be
5: a little bit up in their face about all this and mm-hmm, that's going
3: on. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you, you know. for the call from New Jersey. Let's go to Long Island. Let's say good morning to Linda. Linda, you're on talk radio 77 WABC.
6: Hi, Dom. Uh, last night we spoke about the 911 um, call. Yes. Yes. Um, from the uh, mother, who is the corrections officer. Is she, is she an officer now, or is she retired? I, that, I don't know. Do you know? That
3: That is a great question, and you and I had talked about, uh, I believe we had talked about a FOIL request. Um, and see, that's the yes. problem with freedom of information requests. They often take weeks at a time. Now I don't know what my colleagues may have submitted. Sometimes you can get lucky and they'll be returned uh, right away. But, but oftentimes public officials, they know that the longer it takes to get the, the documents or the recordings to you is, is it's the longer it takes. It's out of sight, out of mind. And so, the, and what I'm trying to say, Linda, is that in all likelihood, they're not going to release anything just yet. Well, okay, but
6: but they are because it's red uh,
3: it sometime, right? But but, know, what, because, but what happens? Uh, I, but what okay, happens? No, no, I'm, no, let, but wanna, I'm gonna let you finish. But what happens oftentimes, Linda, is it happens months later. But go ahead.
6: Okay, that's so ridiculous, right? Uh, this is going on now, you know. People want to know, you know, what happened. The point was, though, I was trying to make, I I didn't mention it last night. Um, It's not that, you know, we don't want to do anything to her or get her in trouble or anything. We want to know um, what she said and, you know, how she said it. Um, So maybe the next time we won't have any police officers killed because they'll have a different way of approaching it. Based on how the nine one uh, one call was made, right?
3: Right. Well, it just I,
6: doesn't make, I, We don't want it to go through this again. We don't want this to keep happening. We
3: we surely don't want this to keep oh, happening because terrible. one funeral today, which completely breaks your heart, and another mm-hmm. one coming up in just a couple of days, and so mm-hmm. we 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 have got to go through and and and. And let's look, at, let's look at what his wife has to go through. She's going right. to live with this for the rest of her life. You heard her say mm-hmm. that she called an Uber because they had a minor argument in right. which her husband said to her, well, you sure you don't want me to drive you? This could be the last time you ever see me. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. She's got to live with that for the rest of her natural life. So, no, <laughs> Linda, you're correct. We don't want this to happen uh, again and in light of what you just said, what I spent part of my day thinking about um, Mm -hmm. is will the police department use the body cam videos for training for officers in the future? I mean, it it can have, it can be of a great value for uh, police officers. um, But, but you know, I I just I I don't know what's going to happen with the video. Mayor Adams has called for the video to be publicly released, uh, if the family good, sign good, off on good, it. Good, good, But um, good. but we'll 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 see, Linda. And um, you know, we 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 we're all curious as to oh. what was what was said in the nine one one call. Do you know Do you know anyone who
6: who might be able to get it, You know, somebody inside you
3: know linda what what happens it's not and, what, to
6: actually do what, something. what what
3: what happens in these high profile situations is that the documents the video the 911 call it's put on extra lock meaning that i don't even think people on the inside could get it right now because it's considered of such a highly sensational uh, nature and uh, the city of new york knows that reporters like myself and others that we're looking around trying to find it. And so it may come out. You you don't know. Maybe maybe right now I don't think it will. Right now. But I'm only well, I speculating. I think you can. Rather no, than, it's I haven't not,
6: heard I haven't no. heard anyone else talk about it. Right. But I think that you can because and you know, it's for the right reasons. It's not to hurt anyone. Right? It's not it's not going against a politician. It's it's to help so we don't have another uh, again, to go through this again,
3: right? But see, I, I but believe now
6: it when I heard that two young guys, but, it's, uh, but, it's unbelievable. But
3: see, we, we we're dealing with the funerals right now, so that this time yeah. right now is not the time for it. But remember, there's guaranteed to be lawsuits. Was there proper training of the officers? All these things are going to come down the road, and so right now, I I believe Linda that officials are going to keep a lock on all of the information as they decide what to do going forward. I thank you uh, for the call. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I want to tell you about my friends D'Agostino and Associates, known as the injury firm. D'Agostino and Associates has been helping the injured in New York and New Jersey for over 30 years To John D'Agostino, nothing is more personal than your accident case. He built a legal team of almost 50 people, including 10 lawyers, to get the job done. His own son and daughter are lawyers in the firm. That's why they take your case so seriously. That's why your personal injury case is so personal to John D'Agostino. D'Agostino and Associates will fight for every dollar you deserve. Why? Because they care. Because personal injury is personal to Jonathan D'Agostino because he's been there. His father was a construction worker who lost a limb when a building collapsed on him many years ago. As a child, John D'Agostino knew what it was like to watch his family's world turn upside down. He knows what you are going through because he's been there. And he's right here ready to help you in your time of need. When you need someone you can trust, who you can count on, and who's been there, call John D'Agostino and his team at D'Agostino and Associates. When you work with D'Agostino and Associates, you won't be treated like just another file number. You can be sure your calls will be returned, you will be kept informed and updated, and you won't be bounced around to different attorneys. If you or someone you know has been injured, call John D'Agostino at D'Agostino & Associates at 888-24-LAW-24 and ask for John himself. That's 888-24-LAW-24. D'Agostino & Associates, the injury firm, John D'Agostino, he's been there and he's right here to help you today.
1: Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
3: I would say good morning to you all.
4: But in fact, this is the worst morning ever.
3: In a moving... Eulogy, the widow of uh, NYPD officer Jason Rivera at St. Patrick's for the uh, funeral. She went on to blast uh, and criticize Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. We are taking your telephone calls. I I have a uh, feeling, an instinct that the tide is turning and that we're going to go back to law and order or at least to stop the nonsense with the crime and and uh, attacking police and so on and last night on the program I told you about the um, the uh, rapper um, um, in which his name is uh, C Blue that's his uh, he's 16 years old charged with shooting a police officer posted a $250,000 uh, bond. Uh, Mayor Adams is slamming the courts over releasing him, and uh, here's a quote. I'm going right back to your telephone calls. Mayor Adams says, "Quote: New Yorkers should all be outraged that a repeat offender accused of shooting at a police officer is today walking free on bond because judges are precluded. Keyword: precluded." from even considering danger to the community like every other state and our federal courts it is further proof adam goes on that our current system is uh, is uh, failing us let's go to uh susan in stanford connecticut good morning susan you're on talk radio 77 wabc dominic hi enjoy you a lot thank you um,
6: I think, regardless of the 911 call, um, that this mother of the murderer needs to be investigated as an accessory. I find it unbelievable. Being the mother of this, I won't say, um, didn't know that he had guns in the house. I find it unbelievable. And in I, fact, I agree why with would, you. Why would she have been scared enough to call 911? if she didn't know that there were guns involved
3: but but it, it it maybe maybe it was a matter of respect that she felt that her son was totally disrespecting her maybe she felt that it was a a mental illness situation i don't know but i but i agree with you susan that the entire thing is shaky and um i mean you know parents make mistakes but i just don't see a scenario where either one of my kids could have a gun in the house and I not know about it. Now, maybe, maybe it could right. happen, maybe, but I right. don't, I don't see it.
6: But Dominic, let alone
3: several guns, and knowing his past history, right, right. So, uh all right. And, and what the one thing I will say, Susan, and I keep saying this over and over: if, 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 if a parent knows that their child has a love of guns. That's warning number one. Warning number two, if your child thinks that he's God and really believes that, you should tell the officers at the door, my son thinks he's God and he has a love of guns. I've talked to uh, my best friend who's law enforcement, retired in NYPD. He says, Dominic, what should have happened is they should have said, ma'am, step out of the apartment and they would have called emergency services. Emergency services comes of NYPD, and they have all types of um, uh, tools to deal with the mentally ill, Non lethal tools. They can put an entire barricade on the door where no matter what he does, firing, no one can be hurt. And so there are many things that could have happened. But instead they thought that they were dealing with a normal traditional call and they went back there to that bedroom and it was an ambush that they walked into with someone that that was was uh overly prepared as far as ammunition and they were literally slaughtered. And so right. that and so that's, that's why that's, I, that's why I say maybe you're on to something as it relates to the mother. But go ahead Susan. Don't, don't you think that also shows a lack of proper training
6: for the cops? That they just blithely, maybe not, but apparently just walk into this? Well... Up to the
3: door where this guy was? Well, I don't... On on the day of the officer's funeral, the last thing I'm going to do, Susan, is second uh, guess him. I was not there. I don't know what happened. Um, You know, I... I, I don't know. It, we, we we have to remember that these officers are of the community. They are of the community. So they had no idea. That they may have thought that it was a regular call. Thank you for the call, Susan. A regular call, and they uh, may have thought, I don't know uh, that that it would not end um, the way that it did. But in, in talking to my, my buddy who's been law enforcement a very long time, I said, I said to him, how could one be shot? And then the other one, you know, and he says, Dominic, it happens so fast that they don't have time to do anything. He said, that's why the number one rule for police officers in these situations are show me your hands. And if you can't see the hands, then you've got to be in a position where you have cover in case something goes terribly wrong just like it did in this situation. Let's go to uh, Maria now calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Maria. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
7: Dominic? Yes. Good morning. I'm going to tell you something, Dominic, and I want you to hear me. You have no value. What you are doing for the community, there's no value that You are so amazingly good to the community. There's no value amount that could be put to what you're doing. You are one voice and the voice of justice and, and good will. What you just said about, uh, you know, when you have these kind of situations, that's information you give into the community. That's something I didn't know, that maybe an emergency service unit should also be accompanying these policemen. And well, like thank, I said, thank you, have you no, thank you, no you Maria. For, I
3: really support well, you. Well, thank the, you. I'm but called. but you, but let me just say this, Maria, and then you can continue. I'm not just spouting off information. The the information that I'm giving has come from the school of hard knocks, having done this for close to forty years. And the information that I'm giving is based on people that have died in prior situations. You're
7: a good person, Dominic. Well, you thank are you. a good person. Thank I called you. because you, you just took my thunder. They released a cop shooter. No matter what it is, they, the Democrats released a cop shooter. while well, they still have people from the January 6th in jail not being proven guilty yet. This is what the Democratic Party has become. And I'm going to tell you this, that lady, the wife, that woman, in, in behind her pants, her skirt, she had more courage than a lot of people. She told it right to them the politicians in this state have abandoned us. Mm If Janice Rodriguez and Adriano Espaya are two Dominicans that I, from what I remember, I think they were marching with the anti-police movement last summer. And I bet you they had the the goal, the the faith to be in that funeral or that church service. And I I give it to that girl, that 22-year-old female, the widow. She has become a, a voice of justice and the way the way she put it out to them good for her good for her and don't forget we got to keep speaking up the hispanic numbers are moving away from the democrats because again i said it the other day the democrats have become the party of crime pro-crime pro-criminals and the numbers are beginning to show we just got away for our brothers in the african-american community brothers and sisters to start realizing that they're only being used for political purposes Mm -hmm. thank you dominic
3: well thank you thank you for the uh call maria and uh you know something else that i'm thinking about right now that i and again i am only speculating at this point maybe the mother didn't bring up the mental health aspect maybe she did But maybe she didn't bring it up because she didn't want her son to be held on a 48-hour watch. Because if the cops were given the proper information, the first thing they're going to do is call for a sergeant and emergency services to respond. And emergency services will be there within 10 to 15 minutes or perhaps sooner. But when emergency services get there, they're going to try and talk the person down, but they're not playing. They're going to do what they have to do. So now maybe the mother didn't want it to go that far. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do find it hard to believe that if your child has a criminal record and he's living with you and you know that he has a love of guns and that you don't check his... his um, his possessions when he's gone to make sure that he does not have a gun in your home that's what i would think a parent would do that's what i think uh any responsible parent would do or certainly ask the child you know do do you have any guns in my house let's go to what uh, ted ted is calling from uh, forest hills Good morning, Ted. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks very much. Uh,
2: Dominic, it yes. was a goddamn 911 call. What the hell did they
8: think it was, a picnic?
3: Okay, well, Ted, they deal with 911 calls all day long. That's what police officers do. And they don't know, just like you don't know, just like I don't know which one is the the call that could take their life. This is what you, you, if you listen carefully to what his wife said, his wife, uh, and she spells her Dominique K U E. She said at some point, you know, I don't know if you were sitting on an EDP. So she knew police lingo because that's the way her husband communicated with her. And when she means sitting on an EDP an emotionally disturbed person, she doesn't mean literally sitting on the person like what happened in, uh, in Minneapolis. She means that you're, you're responsible for getting that emotionally disturbed, disturbed person to the hospital. These are things that police officers deal with all day long. So they have no idea what's outside the ordinary until something goes left. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are talking about the moving eulogy by the mayor and the widow of NYPD officer Jason Rivera, in which she blasted Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. I will let you hear that, folks, when we come back, and we will have more of your telephone calls.
1: These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC.
3: And we are going back to your telephone calls in a second. We are talking about this hour, the moving eulogy done by the widow of NYPD officer Jason Rivera at his funeral. She blasted Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. I want you to listen to this.
4: The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. I'm sure all of our blue family is tired too. But I promise, we promise that your death won't be in vain. I love you to the end of time. We'll take the watch from here.
3: And you can... um You can hear it. That widow, her heart is completely broken over what has happened. And uh, the Manhattan D.A. issued a statement, Alvin Bragg, saying that he will uh, prosecute people that harm police officers. And he met today as well with Governor Kathy Hochul uh, as it relates to uh, going forward. And, um, Hochul, the governor, says she laid down the law to the district attorney telling him that safety and justice, safety and justice, must go hand in hand during a, a private uh, meeting. What's, what's going to be interesting to me, folks, I'm going right back to your telephone calls in just a second. So Alvin Bragg, when he runs for reelection, he will be – an incumbent, and it's very hard to beat an incumbent, and it's going to be four years from now. So what I was thinking about today, obviously, if the election were held today, he would lose. But what's going to happen four years from now? And I guess a lot of it depends on how he handles uh, the office. But to be honest with you, when when he was up here for the uh, debate that I moderated, where it was him and I believe seven other Democrats, I got the impression that he was not ready for prime time during that debate. And I thought that, uh, Tali Weinstein was basically uh, had already basically won the primary and was the district attorney in waiting. And she had her problems as terms in terms of, um, Uh, the money she put into her campaign from Wall Street. In the end, it came back to haunt her. But I I really thought that uh, Tali Weinstein was going to win that race after sitting on stage with them for two hours. And I just got the impression that day that Mr. Bragg was not ready for prime time. He's got some strong credentials, strong credentials, but... uh, Let's go to uh Giuliano. Giuliano's calling from Queens. Good morning, Giuliano. You're on Talk Radio seventy-seven, WABC.
2: Good morning, Dominic. Nice to talk to you. Listen, my I'm I'm a retired police officer, thirty years of service and a US Army veteran. Thank my you. My heart goes out. My heart. I can't even talk. My heart goes out to these women. The wives of police officers It's such a hard life for them, and and I understand where she's coming from. I would also like to just make a couple of suggestions, if I may. Number one, I was critical of the mayor with his moderate or modified anti-crime unit. Anti-crime units cannot work effectively if they're wearing a modified uniform. It's not going to work. Agreed. Second, secondly, Dominic, if if the government of this city – is not willing to do the job, then I think there is a way where we can team up the um, anti-crime units in the police department with the DEA and the ATF and have them work the street. Give the collars to the DEA and the ATF. Let them prosecute these individuals that are trafficking in guns. To a federal system, let these individuals face a federal prosecutor, a federal judge, a federal jury, and let them be housed in a federal facility. It's worth a try, Dominic. It's worth a try.
3: You know what? It's not a bad idea, but politically, I just don't see it happening. And it's interesting that you say that because the president will be here next Thursday to meet with with Mayor Adams on, on crime. You know, it's one way to get her It's one way you're thinking outside the box. And I like that because you're not if you think that you're going to get the support from Albany, it's not going to happen. If you think that we're going to get the laws that we need from Albany, you can forget that dead on arrival. Mayor Adams can plead, beg, cry. It's not going to happen. And I agree with you, Giuliano, that. To to have the street crimes unit, whatever term we want to use for them, plain clothes unit, if they're gonna, you might as well put a school crossing guard sign on them, for for the, for the criminals to see, if that's if that's what you're gonna do, because you're right, it will be completely ineffective. Thank you for the call from from Queens. Let's now go to Brooklyn. Let's say good morning to Zen Zen. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hey, Mr. Dominic.
2: Hi. Yeah, how are you doing? I like to say how ignorant adults are, how ignorant we are. Such poor leadership, for for example, to the youth. Like I want to say about bail reform, a great thing, a great solution would be no bail for anyone. If you're rich, if you're white and rich, if you're black and rich, you commit a crime, no bail, no bond. If you're white and poor, if you're black and poor, and you commit a crime, no bail.
3: So, this so okay. So wait, 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 wait. So, so yeah. okay. So, so what? So what do you do with the people? You're, you're saying just everybody goes to jail? They should be locked up if they've done a serious thing. And who's going to decide? Whether it's serious or not, and whether or not they're guilty or not. Oh, it's obvious that they did okay. something serious. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I, I I appreciate the spirit of your call, but but that's that's not going to uh, to work, and, and it, it it wouldn't pass the, pass constitutional muster. It just wouldn't work. But thank you uh, for that call. Let's go to. Um, Let's go to Don in Patchogue, New York. Good morning, Don. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. How
5: are you doing, Dominic?
3: I'm doing well, and I hope you're doing well.
5: I just want to let you know I know a lot of law enforcement people on both sides of the shield, And whenever we have, like, a gathering or something, the uh, PO will always say to the CO, how do you do that job? How do you was, do? Uh, how do
3: you do that job? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's
5: such a, a bad, you know, nasty job, and the corrections officer has a lot of training and how to handle prisoners, mentally disturbed people, more than a police officer,
1: mm-hmm.
5: because mm-hmm. They're, they're locked in with them all day. Right. That being said, out here is, uh, long, I live in Long Island, Suffolk County, and we have a law out here that if the police are called to a uh, any home. One of the first words the officer's going to ask is, are there any firearms in the house? And I speak out of experience because I had a relative this happened to. It was something like the same circumstance. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the, uh, corrections officer's son had a problem. Uh, And uh, um, the person I'm talking about is a cousin of mine. He wound up, what they do out here is they take the guns out of that house
3: right and and you know what we're, we're I thank you for the call don we're we're all unfortunately second guessing because we don't know exactly what was said, what was not said uh we just we just don't know but um as far as are there any weapons in the house in some places that is standard operating uh procedure uh and in this situation you know i it's hard to believe that a week ago. This happened a week ago. Let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: All right, Dom. You know, I've been all around this city, and one time I was playing basketball, and I saw a stone that was like cut into a square, so I wanted to go over there and look at it. And when I looked at it, I immediately recognized the name. It was slain rookie police officer Sean McDonald, who was murdered in the Bronx back in 1994. And last October, the New York State Parole Board released one of his killers, Javier Miranda, and his accomplice, uh, Redufus Rodriguez, is seeking parole from New York State. Now, hasn't Sean McDonald's family, haven't they suffered enough that they now have to endure New York State releasing cop killers? This is the truth, folks. Since 1960, these killers have been on a rampage. The list of broken hearts and devastated families is endless, and it will never end because the hard left knows how to okay. trick people. No, I got okay. you,
3: Steve. But yeah, I don't need to hear the lecture about the hard left. You say that every time. I take your call because I feel that you have something to add to the show, but I got you on the hard left. I can almost tell you verbatim what you were about to say. Let's go to Kay now. Thank you, Steve, for the call. Kay and the Bronx. Good morning, Kay. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hi, Dominic. You know, the crime stabbing, shootings, murders,
8: you know, they have surged in the city because of our elected officials voting to enact the following woke policies. One, no bail reform. Two, defunding the police by one point three billion dollars. Three, ridding our seats of the streets of the anti crimes unit, the undercover unit responsible for getting guns off the streets. Four, fighting against deporting Violent illegal aliens. Police are not allowed to contact ICE, no matter how many times illegal violent felons rob, mug, assault, stab, rape, murder, and murder New Yorkers. Five, fight against doing a criminal background check on illegal aliens in our city. Criminal legal aliens with a violent criminal history are prevented from being deported. Cops are not allowed to turn them over to ICE. There should right. be a criminal background check done to especially see if they have engaged in violent felonies in their home country. Well, not allowed because the woke politicians say it is racist to do so.
3: Right. I got you, Kay. I got you. You're going through your list. But I, I, I hear you. I hear you, and I agree with most of what you just said. I I thank you for the call I just got a uh, email, folks. You could reach me uh, via email at dominic.carter at wabcradio.com from Sal, and a buddy of, uh, buddy of uh, the programs, and he said, I heard Mrs. Rivera. She is right. I believe that Albany and the city council have chosen sides based on their hug-a-thug ideology and political fears. Thugs are probably their new voting constituency with the possible exception Of Mayor Adams, we New Yorkers are alone. Stay safe. I do want to tell you folks, coming up in about seven minutes, Curtis Slewa and the uh, other side of midnight. Curtis does the uh, Saturday morning edition. He's been here all evening, uh, uh, all all evening long, prancing the hallways. He's all excited and ready to go. And with Curtis Slewa, folks, let me just tell you, it's what you hear on the radio, what you see is what you get. The same guy on the radio is the same guy in real life. So he's got all his folders back there, and he keeps prancing back and forth. He's ready to go, so stand by for that. Let's go to Tracy in Long Beach. Good morning, Tracy. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Tracy? Okay, Tracy, thank you for that. Let's go to Bill in Queens. Good morning, Bill. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: I don't know how that young woman was able to pull it together to give that speech for her husband like that. Now the point of my call, and I couldn't call you earlier days because um, it's so sad and it's upsetting, but we've been through this many times with these officers being killed unnecessarily. And what came to my mind was Patrick, Edward Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, and it stuck in my mind, that name. I Googled it, and here's how I remembered it. I worked for a major electric utility in their energy control center, interfacing with emergencies at real-time operation. I got off shift. I worked mostly nights. I got off shift at 5 in the morning, and all over the radio, as I was driving home, Edward Byrne was assassinated. I live a, just two neighborhoods away from where this happened. I was so shocked and saddened by what happened. This guy was guarding a witness. The witness was firebombed his house. They were antagonizing the witness. He was out there protecting this guy. This happened at three in the morning. I had to drive over there. I was crying. And I remember how sad it was. The outpouring from the public and from the politicians. You could read about it on the, on Wikipedia. Was was amazing, just like what we're going through today. But what we're missing today is the political will, just like everybody, like yourself, and all your callers have been calling in.
3: Well, it's it's um, Bill. It's it's very sad when we look back in history, because it's very painful for people that remember these cases. Just like these officers, uh, folks will. We'll never forget. And to see the sea of blue, thank you for the call, Bill. To see the the sea of blue out there in all that cold weather today, and these police officers are, are heartbroken. And something something uh, has to give. Something really has to be given. Let me see what Sherry in Brooklyn has to say. Good morning, Sherry. You're on Talk Radio Good 77 morning. WABC.
2: Good morning, Dominic. I have a novel idea. Since police departments are losing their members, but through retirement or going to other municipalities
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they can't recruit people to take this job and any, any police law enforcement job, basically in, in the environment. I think police departments should start withdrawing the security details from all these politicians and <laughs> let them see how it is in the real world. And maybe when they become a victim, they could try hugging the thug because the needs of one should negate the needs of many.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, um, Sherry, it's 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 a it's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know how many officers are assigned to the New York City um, NYPD intelligence division, but I know. Well, I'm, maybe I shouldn't go into the security detail of the mayor in terms of giving out the numbers. But but I I, I guess maybe it's about maybe forty fifty officers in total. You know, I so it's not a bad idea, but. You, you can't have just New York, I'm talking throughout the country okay, but well, i'm right now I'm focusing on new york you okay, but you can't have the mayor walking around without a security detail. there are a lot of nuts in the world true, you but know so in the primaries he didn't want a security detail yeah he surely he did he did he did he did, <laughs> he, did he did it yeah he, now he did on? he needs one you can't you can't have the mayor or or the last mayor I'm not a fan of his uh Bill De Blasio but mm-hmm. I but but I were I, I I was a fan of his kids I thought he I I still think he has some great kids um
2: Okay but how about the city council members who who don't want to do
3: anything The the only one that gets uh, police protection in the city council is the speaker The speaker gets a full-time uh officer around the clock other than that, and nobody else one... in the city council that now, now wait, let, let me, let me, let me, uh, clarify that they, they are, there are officers assigned to city hall that where the Correct. city council works out of and, uh, it covers areas where the city council is located. So, but, but it's, you know, it's. It's funny, Sherry, because then all with all of these phony politicians, all we would find out the real story then if they have to give up exactly. their police details. You know, thank you. Exactly. With, with With their drivers that come with it, you know, uh, because they have NYPD drivers that drive them around and follow them at every step, and then you have advance officers that arrive before the official gets there, and then that advance officer goes to the next event. It goes on and on and on. Let's go to, I only have 40 seconds left, Melvin, and the Bronx, what do you have to say about all this?
0: It's
5: about solutions, sir. No more, I heard a newscast last Sunday morning where they uh, broadcast what should go 9 nine one one call. And it was not about no violence, nothing like that. When the police officers got to that apartment down there, one of the first questions that came was any weapons in the house. And it was asked with a no. Now, the question that comes up, what was the big care to go to somebody who's barricaded the room? NYP had never done enough for the Eleanor-Burman situation. Why you guys to just sit and wait them out? And also, you're I'm, I'm so, Mel, not... Melvin,
3: <laughs> Melvin, when you talk fast, I can't understand a word that you're saying. You're acting... I took your call. So I I got to can it now because I'm out of time. In the future, Melvin, I will take your call, but you don't have to talk so fast where I can't understand a word that you're saying because then I can't respond. But my time is up. You want to keep it right there, folks. Stay warm. Stay safe this weekend. Avoid the snow. I'm headed home now to Rockland. Hopefully I'll make it, and I'll see you folks again Monday night, midnight, Talk Radio 77 WABC.